Good morning. It's great to see some old friends at Four Points this morning and uh, some first-time guests. We're grateful that you're here. This is the second week of our two services, and so we're sure we're pumped that you're here at 9:15 because um, if you're like me, you're about half awake, and so hopefully y'all can stay with me for the next few minutes um, this morning. This morning, I want to jump right in and uh, tell you, if you missed last week, we're doing a sermon series called Marvel, and that's that awesome bumper video that Austin put together, and uh, the comic strips are just uh, pictures of Jesus doing miracles. All Marvel is is a synonym for miracle in the Bible, and so we're going through four of the miracles that are found in the book of John. I just want to tell you briefly, because I don't think I did a good enough job last week, the difference between John and Matthew, Mark, and Luke are pretty major. They're pretty major. Matthew, Mark, and Luke Luke are called synoptic gospels, meaning that they show specific things and it's in order and it, they're all the same. So if you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're very similar. John is much different. John shows the first two years of Jesus' ministry. Like the water to wine was early on in Jesus' ministry and, and actually it kind of started it. And so uh, Matthew and Mark and Luke, they didn't have that in there. And they didn't have a lot of the stuff in there that, that John does. And so... Um, we're looking at John and we're looking at specifically why he put what he put because John 20 31 says these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and by believing have life in his name and so everything that he put in there is critical because he wanted us to have life in the name of Jesus he wanted us to know him and so everything that he put by the way I heard this week I wish I'd have known this last week I think this is fascinating uh, many people believe that John, the one that wrote the book of John, the beloved disciple, was actually the guy getting married at the wedding in Cana. I thought that was fascinating, and I just wanted to throw that in since that was last week's message. But this week, specifically, we flip over to John chapter 6. And um, <clears throat> Jesus has started performing miracles. People have started seeing who Jesus is. They've started recognizing him, and crowds started gathering. Crowds started gathering, recognizing this dude, he's the real deal. Like, like seriously, he's... He's who he says he is. And so as Jesus sits down, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds starts piling up to thousands of people start gathering around him. And people are taking notice. And people are looking. So tell me, just show of hands, how many of y'all have been to a ball game or like a concert at the Bio Center or something where you think between 10 and 12,000 people were there? Raise your hand. 10 and 12,000 people. 10 12,000. I guess that's just about everybody, 10, 12,000 people. Like, if you come to Burns this year, most likely the Dorman or the Gaffney game, there's going to be at least that many people, maybe more. Overflow crowd, and people are yelling at us in the press box because they're from Gaffney and the Rednecks. So don't, don't get mad if you're from Gaffney. <laughs> Sorry. So um, I had nothing to do with it. But anyway, if, you, if you've been in 12,000 people, I just want you to take this in. I want... Um, them to put the picture of, we just kind of did a picture from the Bilo Center, I think, and we guesstimated that that's between 10 and 12,000 people at like a concert and, uh, or a church service, um, 10 to 12,000 people, and like, just, just put yourself in that, in that picture and picture what it's like to be around that many people, and then picture what it, what it must have been like for, for Jesus to, to come up to them and say, to the disciples, and say, um, we don't have any food. We don't have any food. Like, because when we hear the story of the feeding of the 5,000, which is today, and it was actually 10 to 12,000 because it was 5,000 men, it's, it's sweet because we've all told our kids that, right? If we, if we grew up in church, and if you didn't, just stay with me, but if you grew up in church, you told the story to your kids, Jesus took bread and fish, and it was amazing. 
and he broke them, and everyone got, and it's, it's sweet. We all thought, oh, that's just so sweet. And I praise the Lord. He has power. But, like, that's a lot of freaking people. Like, it wasn't just, like, like this many people, which, by the way, I can't feed y'all with what I got on to say. It's not even real fish. But, uh, but I, like, I can't feed you even still with five loaves of bread and two fish. You cannot do it. Even this many people. Better yet, that many people. And so as we read, I, I want Zach to keep throwing that picture up because as we read, I want you to put yourself on the side of a hill where Jesus is kind of sitting there on a rock and he's teaching all of us. We're all in the middle of those people. Smell the grass. Be in the middle of all of them. Look what it must have looked like. Be in the middle of it. And then, and then start getting hungry because, by the way, I just want y'all to know this and if y'all see me when I'm hungry, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. When I get hungry, I get ill. I mean, I get really mad. I'm pretty happy. Most of the time, if my belly starts rumbling, Leah will tell you she has learned over the years. We've got to feed that boy because he is mean when he's hungry. Hasten's the same way, by the way. It must be genetics or something. I don't know. But, but I just get, I get a temper, right? I get mad. So Jesus has been there teaching. And the disciples are like, some of these cats are starting to throw bows. They're getting upset. We've got to get these cats some food. And, and so here's what happened. Y'all turn with me. Y'all turn with me to John chapter 6. And there's two things that we can learn today that Jesus is teaching us in this specific. It's not just, I'm going to make this miracle happen so that I can look cool. There's specifics in why he did this. And, and, and there's huge implications. And there's things that we can learn this morning that I believe all of us struggle with and all of us can be healed from. And, and I'm telling you, you pay attention for the next couple minutes. I, I believe no matter where you are spiritually, this is the, the freshest you've ever been. You've, you've, you've been in the Bible every day this week or you've really struggled, all of us can hear a word from God. All of us can fill up our tanks, and all of us can go be the church that we're supposed to be. Will you pray with me, God, just in the next couple minutes? Will you speak to us? My prayer this morning, Lord, is that we eat the bread that you offer and drink the wine that you offer and that we're never thirsty and never hungry again. Because when we meet you, we can never be the same. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Two things that I want you to learn from the feeding of the 5,000 is first, uh, money can't fix all of our problems. Money can't fix all of our problems. Now, I'm not the person that says if someone offered me a million dollars, I don't want it. It would be a curse. Listen, just if, if you want to give me a million bucks, show me the money. You know what I'm saying? I, I'll take the million dollars right now. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. I'll take $10 million. I'll take $100 million, right? I, I'm not the person that's like, I don't want to win the lottery because it's a curse. I'll, I'll cross that bridge when we get to the curse. I'll take the lottery money right now. We're cool, okay? $300 million. All right, well, let's, let's check it out. I'll, I'll try out the curse and see how bad it is. But, but this is what I'm saying. If I honestly believe that when receiving hundreds of millions of dollars, and I could buy anything with that, right? I mean, I, I, I could buy anything. But, but if I honestly believe that all my problems are fixed or the difficulties in my life or the deepest, most problems are fixed, then, then I've, I'm sorely mistaken. Because, because honestly, the hurts that I have and the cravings that are in my life, the deepest, most hurt. I, you can't fix it with hundreds of millions of dollars. Like if you need surgery and there's something major wrong, if there's cancer in your life, if something huge is wrong, you can't just say, all right, I've got 300 million bucks now. You've got to come out, cancer. Someone's got to operate on you. God still has to perform miracles in our lives. And that, listen, listen, that is why major problems happen in our life. So God can move us from where we are to where he wants us to go. And listen, sometimes it doesn't end in life. 
Sometimes God takes our lives because it is time for us to go home. But, but Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. It is not always a curse to be killed. Sometimes it is awesome because this is not my home. Heaven is my home. I'm an alien in this place. I'm foreign. And so in all things, God works for our good. But money can't buy all of our problems. Listen to what John chapter 6, starting in verse 1 says. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And some translations are going to say the Lake of Tiberias. And a large crowd followed him. Like he's trying to get away from him. He's like, y'all, just calm down. And they're following him. Because they saw the signs that he was doing to the sick. He's healing people. And Jesus went up on a mountain, sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews was at hand. Lifting his, his eyes then and seeing the large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And listen to this. I, I find this verse fascinating. John 6, verse 6. He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to eat a little bit. 200 days of wages would not be enough for them to eat. So I did the math, minimum wage, eight hours a day, it'd be about $11,800 to be about a dollar a person roughly. And he said, that's not even going to be enough to feed all these people because Philip immediately thought, how do I fix this problem, right? Don't, don't y'all put yourself in that position a lot. Don't you, don't you like, okay, there's a problem. How am I going to fix it? Did any of y'all do that? Did any of y'all, like, I got to be able to fix this. And so immediately we just go, why don't we go, all right, Jesus, there's a problem and it's really big. <laughs> like there's that many people. There's that many people up and, and I've got to, so, so I've got to do something with, like, like if you're Philip right now, but don't you think we'd have done, wouldn't we have done the same thing? All right, so Jesus wants me to fix it. So I can, I can do this, right? I can do, okay, so do the math, 12,000 bucks. I don't even know if that'll do it, but, but man, if you'll give me $12,000, I can feed everybody something. And you're standing next to the God of the universe who you've seen heal people. Right, listen, for those of you that in here that, have, that call yourself a Christian, God saved you from yourself and you know what you deserve. I know what I deserve is separation from hell, separation from God in hell for all of eternity. I am rotten, but God saved me and he's alive in me. And, and that last song that we sang, it is well with my soul. Listen, Jesus has overcome. I know that Jesus has overcome. He lives inside of me. He is great. And, and yet this is what I do. All right, so Jesus, all right, so you put me in charge of this. Oh my gosh, look at all those people. I, I need I, at least $12,000, and I don't know if we can come up with that much money immediately. And I, what do we do? What do we do? I got to be able to fix it. Why? Like, if this isn't you, then to praise God. That's awesome. This is me. Like, this summarizes Mark Pangle. This is my life. I try to fix every problem in my home, every problem in the church every problem outside, and I do not lean on the God of the universe that, listen, wants to hear from me, wants to hear from you. I do it myself. And Jesus, I don't think we know him as well as we should because Jesus was a smart aleck. He's got a sense of humor. He's like, and these guys are going to trip, and they're going to show that, that they think they can fix it, and I'm going to show them again. I'm gonna show, they've been walking with me for a while now, and I'm going to show them again they ain't got it. And Jesus did all of this, all of this, 
to prove that, listen, money cannot fix all my problems. Money can buy your way out of some solutions. If you're powerful, you get in trouble with the law. Some people have money and some people can get their way out of it. I understand that. I'm not saying money's bad either. But listen, for a lot of people, this is free, for a lot of people, money is your crutch because you hold on to it. This church, this church, seeing 32 people baptized this year because of you guys that serve and obey God and honor God with your lives and the gospel being presented, 32 people baptized, scores of people saved so far this year, it's a good investment. It's a good investment. And God loves cheerful givers, and that's why we ask you to do it. But guess what? If you don't give a dime today, and you hold on because you're so... We'll keep doing what we're doing because we believe God's going to provide. So you've got to ask yourself, where does money rank in my, in my most important list? Because Jesus talked about it more than prayer and faith and heaven and hell, all of them combined. Because I believe it's what keeps us from a right relationship with God. And I am with you if you struggle. Because in my mind, I just think, man, if I could just make a little bit more, or if I could just do, have a little bit more, or if I could just... And there's like a craving that is inside of me that I can't ever feel. And the more that I get, the more that I want. And I'm, there's nothing wrong with making more money. There is something wrong with me trying to fill my cravings and desires with more stuff rather than Jesus. And I'm just telling you, give it freely. Give it freely. One thing that I left out last week that I'm just going to add to this and if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and watch. But the servants that came and filled up the pots and filled them to the top when Jesus changed the water to wine, the blessing was full because they filled it full. If you want Jesus to do a blessing in your life, if you want Jesus to do a blessing in your life, just test it. Give freely. Serve freely. It's not just money, by the way. It is your time. It is your talents. It is your resources. It is everything. When we give back to God, he will bless you. And I don't just mean financially. I mean in your life, in your marriage, in every part of your life. And Jesus tests financially. And he tested his disciples. And his disciples were walking with him. And they looked and said, we can fix this. I just need $12,000. Jesus says, can't you imagine being him for a second and just laughing and going, man, if you had $12,000, how in the world are you going to find that much bread even if you had that much money, right? Come on, man. You can just hear, dude. Come on. Number two. And this is my favorite part. The only way to be satisfied, truly satisfied, is with Jesus. The only way to be satisfied is with Jesus. So just imagine again what it must have been like, the overwhelming, sinking feeling of being one of the disciples and looking out and seeing that many people and being like, oh my goodness, we are screwed. Like, we're in big trouble. There might be a riot. Because if there was a bunch of marks around, if half the men of the 5,000 were like me, <laughs> they were getting ill, and they were probably about to throw punches, and they were getting upset, and it's like, dude, if we don't get these people food, they're fixing to get mad at us, because they followed us. They expect us to provide for them. <laughs> we, we doubt Jesus so much when we've seen him do so much in our lives, don't we? Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy that has five barley loaves and two fish. These are really big fish, but it's the best we could do. I don't think they were quite this big, by the way, but they're nice, aren't they? <laughs> and, five, and two fish. And Jesus said, excuse me, but what 
are they for so many? And so just think again. He's going to keep the verses up, but think again to that number of people. And I, I, The fish were smaller than this, but go with me. There's five pieces of bread, and I think they probably look similar to this. And, and two fish this size, and just, just, just look at them. And just imagine you're Andrew, and you go to the little boy, and you say, dude, can I have your fish, man, I, uh, and, your, and your bread? I'm sorry, I know your mama packed it for just you, but this is the only food we've got. Can I have it? Just imagine being there, being like, Jesus, we got this, but <laughs> what good does that do in here? Better yet, on that hill with 12,000 people, what good does that do? And Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now, there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he gave thanks, he distributed it to those who were seated. And also gave the fish as much as they wanted. I love that part. It wasn't just a little bit. Like, if I was going to feed y'all right now, I would break just a little tiny piece off, right? And I'd hand y'all and say, listen, you only get one little piece. I've got to try to make this work and it's really awkward because we got another service right so I don't know if this is going to happen they got as much as they wanted and when they had eaten their fill he told his disciples gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost so they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets and there's so much symbolism to that 12 disciples and the 12 tribes of Israel and there's so much symbolism you talk about but it's just cool everything Jesus did everything Jesus did was for a reason from the five loaves and the two fish left by those who had eaten when the people saw the sign that he had done they said this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world so why did why did Jesus do this miracle is, is one he there was a need right people were hungry people were hungry and he provided a need and, and he showed his power that he has over food. Listen, your money and, and the best restaurant you can imagine, I have power over all of that. I can do it. But, but here's the real reason. Here's the real reason. In just a minute, I want you to, to just scan down. We're going to skip over next week's miracle. And I want to show you exactly why Jesus did it. Because right after this, Jesus left and, and got his disciples on a boat and a crazy thing happened that we're going to talk about next week. And then, and then eventually they got across and, and he left the crowd. And the crowd followed him because wouldn't you? Because you didn't have food and, and you saw this dude stand up in front of everybody and bless it and heaping loads overflowing. You're full to the, to the point of Thanksgiving dinner that you've eaten because of five loaves and two fish. And you watched it happen. You sat there. You were with that crowd. We were in it. And we saw it, and then we followed him. And then this is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus said, and this is how we'll end it this morning. So, so if you're, y'all are locked in this morning, I want you to think about this. So every one of you maybe, most of you at least for sure, have heard the gospel. You've heard the good news of Jesus. You've, 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 you've heard it. You've, some of you have experienced it. Maybe, maybe most of you have experienced it by trusting Christ as Savior. But listen, how many of you are experiencing it every day by letting him have control of your life and letting him be your fill? Or how many of y'all are trying to fill it with other things in your life? Because this is why Jesus did the miracle. It's for us today. It is for September of 2013, not just over 2,000 years ago. It is for us right now, right now. He wants you to know this. 
And listen to what John chapter 6 says. They had gone to the other side of the lake. They had gone to the other side of the lake. They're all the way back around, okay? They're sitting down. They're looking at him like, what's he going to give us next? What's he going to give us next? And this is what he said. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. In Exodus chapter 16, I don't know if y'all know this, but like manna fell from heaven and the Israelites were, were, were filled. They were hungry and they didn't have food. And so in Exodus 16, if y'all want to look it up, quail and, and bread fell from heaven. And, and he said, listen guys, it, Moses didn't do that. It was God. God provided. That's what he does. He is your provider. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread. We want that. We want that. Give us this bread. This is the most important thing of the day, right? Verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me, to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. Listen, the, the words for hunger and thirst right there are not just like um, what I am right now thirsty or what I am right now hungry where I can take bread and I'm satisfied. It is, it is the, the lack of satisfaction in your life where you crave and you crave and you crave and so when you drink you are thirsty still and when you eat you are hungry still and it is your life and your soul not your belly that he's talking about right here and in the original language when he said it they all understood this but when we just scan over it in the English we don't we don't get it but listen it means it means it fills your cravings and desires he is your portion he is your full he is he is what makes you not want everything in your life so listen to me right now I, I don't care where you are I don't care if you're in the sixth grade or if you're 75 years old for every person in between I don't care where you are in your life all of us must answer this question what am I filling my life with what am I filling my life with is it a hobby is it something fun is it another woman or man is it even my spouse who I love, I love my wife, she is so awesome, but if that is where I get my fill, then I do not understand what it's like to not hunger and thirst anymore. For so many people, they've heard the good news of the gospel, and yet they've never truly been satisfied. Satisfaction is guaranteed with Jesus. You will never hunger and never thirst again when you eat of him and when you drink of him. He is our fill. He is our portion. He is what gives us satisfaction in life. And listen to me. For so many of us, we try so hard. I'm, I'm grateful every day that I'm an American. I'm, I'm grateful I don't want to live anywhere else. But it is our curse that at any moment we can buy anything. The reason that Jesus got John to come, or excuse me, Philip to come up and say, dude, how are we going to pay for all these people? Can you imagine being in the middle of them? How are you going to fix this problem that's in your life right now? Your marriage is falling apart. Your home is falling apart. Your life feels on empty because you are trying so hard to do it on your own. And, and friend, I'm just going to ask you what Jesus would say. How are you going to do this? Well, if I, if I can just buy this flowers or do... No, stop. <laughs> Jesus laughs, you know, because he's sarcastic. And he's like, guess what? You can't. 
There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. You need me. It's time for you to stop trying to fix all your problems and all your stuff. And it's time for you to be forever satisfied with the bread that I offer you, which is satisfaction guaranteed for all of eternity, forever and ever. Friends, if you've been struggling and you're a Christian in this room, man, get up and give Jesus your best. Offer him your entire life. Witness to all your friends. And if you're the person in this room that you don't know if you're saved, I'm going to offer you a chance right now to make that right. Will you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. I'm going to do it a little bit different this morning. Just a little bit different. With every head bowed and eye closed, I'm just going to ask you to be just just completely honest. Um, Just by slipping your hand up, Mark, I'm not sure. Man, I'm not sure if I've ever been saved because, um, man, I'm not satisfied. And I don't know that I've ever given my heart and life to Jesus Christ. I don't, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Mark. I, I'm not sure if I'm saved. Just slip your hand up. Slip your hand up right where you are. I'm not sure if I'm saved this morning, dude. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. How about for, how about for everybody else? Everybody else. I'm going to invite you to just look at me right where you are. You don't have to keep your head bowed. We can do this in front of everybody because we're all saved in here, okay? Every person in this room has claimed that they're a Christian. That's awesome. For every person in this room, I wonder. And, and listen, if you lie to me, I, I, don't, I don't really care. This is between you and God. I know everybody's looking, but really, truly, who cares? Because it's just us, right? How many of y'all would be bold enough to stand up like even before I get done talking and say, man, I am on empty. I'm on empty. I'm on empty. And I need Jesus to be my satisfaction. Like, I, dude, on empty. I need a touch from Jesus more than I need anything else right now. I am completely parched, completely starving in my soul. I'm saved, dude. I'm saved. But I need Jesus to be my fill. I just want you to stand up right where you are right now. Stand up right now where you are and say, dude, that's me. I am seriously, seriously on empty. I need Jesus to be my fill. I need Jesus. Thank y'all very much. I need Jesus to be my fill. I need for my life to be what it has to be. I need Jesus to fill me. God, right now, you see the people that are sitting and God, thank you for the ones that are full. I pray that they will make such a difference this week. And for the people that are empty, that are standing up, or even the ones sitting down, help them be honest with themselves and come to the end of themselves and God I pray that you do a major work in their lives God we can change this community with your gospel but in order for that to happen we have to be living in the overflow of what you give us in our spirit not by our own works God we don't have $12,000 to feed people but you do you laugh and say I don't need $12,000 I I need five loaves and two fish. I just need your obedience. God, help us obey. Help us be willing. God, I believe that you're the same God that right now you can perform that miracle in this room. So God, heal marriages and sicknesses. In job situations and everything that we're dealing with, God, give us a healing that only can come from you. God, we just... We just give ourselves to you right now and believe that you're amazing. 
We love you, Jesus. We're so grateful that we can stand to our feet right now and raise our hands and worship you. We love you, Jesus. Amen.